Welcome to SVCC Weekly, a weekly podcast from Sangamon Valley Christian Center in Muhammad, Illinois. We hope you enjoy this message from our church, and be sure to check us out online at www.sangamonvalley.net. I forgot to mention it last week, so I made sure I emailed it out too. If you're on our email list, then posted on uh, social media, but we are going to be reading through the Gospels of Mark between now and Easter, and I'd love for you to join us. Uh, The book of Mark is a pretty short uh, book compared to the other Gospels. There's only 16 chapters, uh, and so we're going to cover that in the next several weeks, and so if you're reading along with us, that's just a few verses a day. Uh, There's a few printed out copies uh, out in the hallway, uh, and with that comes a few questions, a few little comments on each reading uh, from the day, but if you've missed, don't worry, you're only a, a chapter and a half behind if you haven't read yet, so it's pretty easy to catch up. Uh, in fact, if you really wanted to, you could probably just sit down and uh, read the whole week's reading Saturday, uh, if that's better for you, uh, but it's a very easy way to read through the Gospel of Mark, uh, and then Sunday mornings we'll be looking at different sections uh, in it as well. The Gospel of Mark is most likely the very first book in what we would call the New Testament, the very first book written. In fact, if we didn't have the Gospel of Mark, it would almost be okay because the Gospel of Mark is really contained in Matthew and Luke at least 90-some percent. So the Gospel of Mark itself is valuable because God gave it to us, but it's interesting that the stories and the words within it are contained within the other Gospels. But yet God gave it to us, and so it is significant. So as we read through it, we're going to read it with the mindset that we only have Mark. Mark only, so to speak. We're going to read it as if there's no other writings that have been given, as if we are one of the first Christians receiving this. And some of you may think, oh no, that's going to be confusing. No, it's how probably it's best for us to understand it and grasp it without some of the other teachings and things that maybe would hinder us. Now, we will reference the Old Testament because the world at the time would have been familiar with the Old Testament. Now, Mark itself was written by most likely uh, one of Peter's disciples, a man that was present with Peter. Mark uh, is a book that really is concise and to the point. I like that. I think you will like that as well. But Mark here, starting at verse 1, we'll read the first 15 chapters or so this morning. Chapters, haha. Verses this morning. So starting at verse 1, and if I continue reading, just start yelling amen, and I'll uh, make sure to stop at least at chapter 2. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. We should probably ask the question at this point, Well, what is the gospel? Well, it's interesting. Verse 1 says, this is the start of the gospel. 
Well, gospel is really someone that came, a, a herald, so to speak, would be the, the term that's often used. Uh, here he's quoting from the book of Isaiah, and it's a herald that comes bringing good news. It's someone coming and yelling, good news, good news, good news, Jesus. But it's not just Jesus, it's Jesus Christ. And as many of you know, Christ is really the title for the Messiah, or anointed king, we could say. The son of God. Now, many of us uh, probably want to say Son of God is here describing Jesus as literally God's Son, deity as we know him. But here, if we go back to really some of the Jewish thought at the time, they probably connected this term too also with that of the Messiah, the anointed king. It was very prevalent during the time that Judaism would have thought that a king also had the title being the Son of God. And yet, the next two verses here clearly ascribe from the Old Testament, verses from Malachi, verses from Isaiah, things that were applied to God to Jesus. Begins working in here, saying, look, this really is the Son of God, the only begotten of God. Verse 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Anyone have that for lunch today? And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting, and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It's interesting because there's some imagery here. Already, verse 2 and 3 ties us into the Old Testament, quoting from Isaiah, quoting from Matthew. But here, being at the Jordan, the Jews, or those familiar with their story, would be reminded of their history, the history of God saving them. See, if you go to Joshua chapter 3 and 4, it's through the Jordan that God brings them into the promised land, bringing them from the wilderness and ultimately from Egypt and slavery, and they're coming, and they're now coming into the land of promise, God full deliverance for his people, what he had promised. And here, the picture would ring true as well for those reading this for the first time. John's here baptizing people. John's here at the Jordan, the same place where the ancestors of Israel came and passed into this land that God gave them. It's a picture that they were reminded of every year as they would retell the stories. Then in verse 12, immediately the Spirit drove him, that being Jesus, into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, Tempted by Satan and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered to him. 
Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. It's also interesting here that John is baptizing it by immersion. It's what we practice uh, in the baptism tank that's behind the big screen. When someone comes and makes a confession that they believe in Jesus, they receive salvation, they believe what Jesus did for them, they come and they make that public declaration by being baptized in water, full immersion. Some churches, they sprinkle on and we believe we're going to get you all wet and you go down and come back up. Kind of that symbol of passing through the water, being totally rebirthed, going down and coming back in a new life. And here, John is really practicing the same thing. John is coming and he's, he's saying, look, you're going to go down to the water, you're coming back up into a new way of life. Baptism of repentance, a new way of thinking, but not just that, a whole new direction. The Jewish thought was interesting because really it was the non-Jews that would be baptized in water at this point in history, in their declaration of saying, okay, I'm going to be baptized in water, I'm going to be fully immersed, and now when I come back up, I'm saying I'm going to follow the law of the God of Israel. That's what I'm going to follow. That's what I'm going to believe. But the really slap in the face, so to speak, that John is giving them, and he's saying that even the Jews also need this baptism of repentance. Even the Jews need to come and be baptized in the water. This is very controversial. See, the Jews thought that, well, we already know God. We already were born into this right lineage. And yet John comes, and as he is preparing the way, he's saying the the point of this baptism is that everyone has to come to God on the same terms. He's setting the stage, so to speak. That's why down in verse 14... Here in Mark, it says at the end, really, of John's ministry that Jesus then begins his ministry. The next part. First part, everyone has to come to God on the same terms, and now something is going to happen. Really, here, in the beginning of Mark, it's saying this is the start of the good news. It's almost like when you have to get up in the morning. How many of you wake up automatically? Several of you probably do. Pastor Jerry, is it still 4.30 in the morning? 4.30 a.m.? Oh. <laughs> Pastor Brent, I know it's usually somewhere around 7, 7.30 when the right radio program comes on. That's when God's up. Teresa's been up with God since 6, but. And some of you are snooze. <laughs> Really, Mark is writing, he's, he's in the beginning here, he's kind of being the alarm. He's kind of setting the tone saying, wake up, good news, something new is about to happen. Wake up, good news, something new is about to happen. And he gives us a summary of what's about to happen, what you're going to read through the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the anointed king, the son of God. You're going to read about his life. You're going to read about his death. A lot of Mark focuses on his death, the coming to the cross. You're going to read about his resurrection. 
here in Mark, we're going to wake up to something new, something that all of us hopefully have already woken up to, but we need to continue to come to and say, God, do something new in my life. If you're ready for a new challenge, if you're ready for something new to happen, come back to the gospel. It will begin something new in your midst. Verses 14 to 15. Let's read them again. Now, after John was put in prison, in fact, I think I have them up on the screen. You want to go ahead and jump to that, Jake. I want us all to read this together, because this is probably a good summary of the book of Mark. So if we get this down, no matter what you may read along with or skip over, you'll have a good summary of the book. So on the count of three, let's read this together. One, two, three. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Wake up. Good news. God is going to do something new. Wake up to the call to the good news. Really, that's the preaching of the kingdom of God. The proclamation, the kingdom is here, it's at hand. It's present. It's here for you. The kingdom of God and all its power, all of its resources. Wake up to the call of the good news, the preaching. Wake up to being cleansed by Jesus and his blood is what we'll see. But here in the first part, it's symbolized by the baptism of John, washing people. Baptism of repentance. Jesus will show us what it really means to repent and believe. So wake up to the call of the good news. Wake up to, to being washed. Wake up to the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel. It will change your life. Wake up. Baptism here is alluded to by John. It says, look, the one coming, he's going to do something greater than I, he basically says. He says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's something greater. When God comes and what I call baptism in the, with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, sometimes people get a little scared of those terms. It's this, it's empowerment. It's God coming and empowering us. Jesus comes and will eventually send, as we read in the story, the Holy Spirit to empower us for service, to lead us in life. But we have to come to what we just read in Mark 1, verses 14 to 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, turn, change your thinking, and believe in the gospel. Repent, another way we can think of that is it's really waking up to God's reality. I was studying this week, that was one of the definitions that really stood out to me. Repent. Yeah, it's the change our thinking, it's the change our direction, but really it's waking up to God's reality. Not what we think, not what we see. 
See, the Jews during this time were in the promised land, but really they were captives of Rome. The Romans had their thumb on everything that was going on. And yet here John is calling them to wake up to the reality of God and what he was going to do. You and I need to wake up to the reality of God, what he's doing in our midst. Sometimes we look around and we get discouraged when we see evil that seems so rampant. When we look at our nation and we see what was founded on Christian principles and clearly we are a long way from being a Christian nation today. And we get discouraged, but we need to come and say, but God has a different reality. God came to bring good news. Do we come and say, repent, believe in the good news? Do we believe in it? Do we wake up to that something new that God wants to do? Are you ready for God to do something new even the day in your life, even if you receive the good news that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died for you, and rose again victorious. Even if you've already made that declaration, God still wants to do something new in your life. Are you willing to let him do it? As we go through Mark, as we remember the gospel story, hopefully see some things afresh, let it be a reminder that God wants to continue to do something new in each of our lives. Go ask worship team to go ahead and make their way up here. Will the rest of you stand to your feet with us this morning? You just bow your heads and close your eyes. And just like Matthew, who's off to begin a new path, just as some of you have begun even new jobs this year, some of you have ended seasons of life and begun new seasons, God still wants to do something in each of us. He wants the gospel to come alive in new ways in our lives. You just make the declaration out of your mouth, say, God, do something new in me today. God, wake us up to, to what you are wanting to do in our midst in each of our lives. Lord, wake us up to the good news that continues to change lives today as we repent, as we realize you are the true reality, as we believe in your good news. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to SBCC Weekly. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as well as give us a like. You can visit us again online at www.sangamonvalley.net.